Well, hello, Leanna. How are you? I'm exhausted by social media, Ed. Oh, didn't we talk about this a little bit last week about how I, I, I think how it's I'd an ongoing enough. thing. Well, yeah, I, had, the, I just had enough of it. The problem is that, you know, some people only contact me through social media. And so, you know, people will see me on it and then go, are you ignoring me? It's like, no, I have bits and pieces of, you know, five to 15 minutes a day to check in. Yes, I'm triaging messages. That's not the same as ignoring you. Oh, my God. Just settle down. Yeah, I, uh, when I get to the are you ignoring me, my answer wants to be, well, I wasn't, but I'm about to. That's that's exactly my reaction. There, yeah, there are just... certain there are certain things these days that are immediate. Like, I can't I can't say what I want to say on this podcast, but it's immediate, you know, completely and utterly just pike off. Like go away. Ooh, no. Pike off. I like that one. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, that that isn't pike what I wanted off. to say, obviously, but just people, you know, people get upset when you use the word entitled, but I don't know what other word there is for it now. You know people who really just... gets upset when you use the word entitled is entitled people who people. are objectively entitled. Yeah. But no one likes being called out for being entitled. Nobody likes it because it's like, well, you're saying I didn't earn blah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. All well, I know is you're is, acting like a twit. Thing is, when someone acts like they are entitled to your time or attention, that is entitled because no, no, they're not. Yeah, it's uh I I have not I, I go on Twitter now, Twitter X to just put up things that I want promoted and let people know that this is where you can find this or that. Uh, I don't respond to people anymore and I feel better for it. And the hell with it. Like, honestly, uh, the hell with it's just such a, a time suck. And people have said to me, I mean, you know, I rely on your Twitter account to help me understand what's going on mm. and to cut through all the BS that people are saying. And, you know, for a while I was like, okay, that's a responsibility. And now my thought is I never asked to be, well, uh, Twitter, uh, and, Twitter, Jesus. So and you're not being paid for it either. And well, that I, matters. A, it was a public service that, okay. But you know what? There comes a point in time. Let someone else pick up the damn okay. the torch. And public servants get paid. Uh, yeah, generally. It, it's just the fact that sources of news are so bad, and they are. People are right. But sources of news are so bad that people have to rely on entertainers to contextualize things. That's a real sad state of affairs. And then the, you know, the the news companies are never accountable for anything. They spew this gobbledygook about blah, 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 standards, blah, blah, blah. And they're just letting it go to, you know what? because they don't actually take it seriously they're they yes it's a business yes they have to stay open but their prioritize the priorities are all messed up well you know do you, you know whose fault that is that is the fault of consumers of news and consumers on the internet who refused a long time ago demanded everything be free to them well when you want everything to be free you get what you pay for 
And so these news services that used to be, you know, these August uh, reliable news services had to compete for survival with these little upstarts who have no journalistic training or ethics. And they were getting all the attention because they're the ones who set themselves on fire or talk to the people who set themselves on I, fire, which people I, like to look at. I don't. Well, I don't necessarily agree that it that you can blame individual people. The problem is these things have been set up. News became click generated instead of um, finding services you trust and, you know, reading the headlines there. But who made those decisions to do that? Well, I think it kind of just happened because, I mean, I never relied on Facebook for news. No, I don't even understand what that's about. I I don't think I've ever read news on Facebook. I think it's because people didn't check the news. They became consumers of news through the whole Facebook thing because it just showed up in their feed. I have um, a few news apps on my phone that I, you know, I check in the morning and then again at the end of the workday. And they change based on if I see too many false stories in something, I'm like, well, if they're wrong about something I know about, how can I trust them to be right on something I don't know about? Well, yeah, I found that I'm like, oh, so this is what you're publishing. Well, I know that this is BS. Therefore, um, how can I trust a single thing that you tell me elsewhere? So, you know what? ah, But I do believe, like, listen, uh, people complain about how stupid reality TV is. Well, if people didn't watch it, then it wouldn't exist. So this whole business about like, yeah, it's terrible. What channel is it on? Like, it just takes some freaking responsibility, people. It's you who have made these things possible. It's like the people who always talk about how, uh, you know, Nick, I don't know anybody that bought a Nickelback album. Yeah, you do. Probably yeah. you did. I It's weird. Nickelback is one of those bands. I'm pretty hipster with music. I never had a problem with Nickelback. I don't get the Nickelback thing. Listen, they I've are always perfectly said- fine pop rock. I have always said I like all of their song. Yeah. And that's the the, uh, singular is intentional. How is that really any different than Britney Spears? It's the same formula again and again and again. Though I have a feud with Chad Kroger. Are you aware of this? Yes, I am. I am aware. Yes. I Chad Kroger. I contacted him through an individual. We both know that interacts with him daily. Mm -hmm. And he said he would pass on the interview uh, request. And I heard nothing, and I know he got it. And then, are you uh, sure he I got him, it? Uh, yeah, I'm sure because this guy, I know the guy. He knows the guy. He he asked him, and then here, yeah, this back, but just because he knows him doesn't mean he told him. This backs it up. Um, when I started doing the radio show on ninety four nine, I refused to play any Nickelback because Chad had snubbed me. And so the radio station uh, program director, who knows these guys and knows their management stuff contacted and said hey you know let's set up uh, an interview and we can do this whole thing it'll be fun and they said we're going to pass it this time oh, oh i love we're going to pass i hate that term we're going to i that hate sounds it that sounds polite it's i remember so, getting that 30 oh. years ago and i was like you're going to pass how about we're going to uh respectfully decline or thank you very much not at this time we're going to pass 
I hate that. I you know so you pass, I... you pass you pass stools. That's what you do. You pass poop. You don't pass interview requests. Like see, ugh. I I one of the things that are my rules that if somebody doesn't give me a reason for a rejection, I don't bother again. Well, I'm I'm not trying again, and I'm not yeah. paying any nickelback whatsoever. And you know what? Yeah. Nobody's complaining. I also, by the way, don't play the tragically hip. I know you can't stand the tragically I hip. I hate the tragically. You telling me that's music? <laughs> I can't. You know, oh, rest his rest his soul, rest his soul, Gord Downey. But there, I don't like his singing voice. I don't like their music. I found one song that I that is okay. That I find okay. Do, do you like REM? What? Do you like REM? Yes. Because they're very similar. No. They're they they've got a lot in common. Not not to my ears. So you don't like the deliberate cracking. I just don't like I don't like the, the arrangement of them. I just don't like it. But I found that I that I don't mind New Orleans is sinking because it sounds the least tragically hip song by the tragically okay. hip. Okay. And I played it and tragically hip fans call and said, Wow, that's the worst tragically hip song. I'm like, that must be why I like it. It it's doesn't like sound zombie like zombie by the cranberries. Hip. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um I it's funny because I uh, you know the show Yellow Jackets? I just started watching it. Yeah, it's I, very Lord of the Rings with women. It's a it's a very accurate depiction. Not Lord of the Rings, um, what am I saying? Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies, Lord yeah. of the well, flies with women. I, I guess, you know, both are both involve mud and a lot of dirt. Uh, but it's it. I joked to one friend. It's a very accurate depiction of what it's like. What it was like to be a girl in high school in the 1990s. Cannibalism's involved. Uh, but yikes! Yeah, but uh, the soundtrack has been a mood for me because it's like, yeah, I thought that song was amazing. When it was, you know, when it just came out, now I'm like, oh, okay, I've I've evolved for sure. Well, that's see, that's a good thing. You have a marker that shows how that you have evolved and in which way you've evolved. Because if you hadn't evolved from your teen years in the '90s, that's something to be worried about. Well, I'm torn because you know, like a bunch of guys jumped on me for saying so. What I love the soundtrack, and like, first of all, this is a show about teenage girls you know in the 90s it's like it's supposed to reflect those tastes so that's nice guy why does this matter but you know i'm like dude informer like that was put on as a oh. deliberately bad song yeah choice. And it's for those weird. who don't know what she's like, talking about in the opening I, episode the one of the the girls is listening to informer by snow well, on it's, her car radio. It's one of her friend is listening to. I forget the song. It's one of those things like Hole or PJ Harvey or something like that. You get the you get the sense of the the bulk of the soundtrack. But they uh, they she turns off the cassette tape. Wow, is that a blast from the past? And it's Informer by Snow, and it's weird. Because I like the reggaeton remake of Informer. But I like Informer itself just, oh, that is such a snapshot of what was kind of not quite pop 
there's so much in the 90s that was not quite pop, right? Well, you know, uh, I don't know if Snow still wants to beat me up. Oh, probably. Or not, because years ago I said something on the air and his mother was listening and she she heard it differently than I said it or with a different intent or context and got very, very upset and called Snow. And Snow called his manager, said he was coming down to much music to beat me up. And his manager was like, no, don't don't go. And Snow hung up. So the manager called much music and told him to look at look out for security for snow and he was going to rush there and stop him and apparently he must have stopped him because nothing ever happened but to this day i don't know if snow still and you know the interesting thing is i have been able to sleep at night without a problem not knowing whether snow is interested in beating me up or not hasn't bothered me okay no black reggae artist could get away with that you know what Let's thinking about just it now, say that okay, this is true. But thinking about it now, the fact that he told his manager that he was going to come beat me up and his manager called much music and chum security. You know what that makes his manager? An informer. An informer. I lick you boom, boom down. Yeah, it, it just I I hear stories like that. And, you know, even at the time when gangster rap was getting a bad rap and you know these these white guys were all being fake tough the double standard was clear to me at the time and i was really hoping that we'd hit an era where we could really talk about this stuff but we blew it in 2020 and there's just we're gonna have to wait for another cycle before we can really properly discuss people owning their behavior. I mean, I've been thinking about this because of the whole Trump arrest, right? I don't know if you want to get into that yet. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Go. The memes, I, the memes have been great. Okay. The memes have been great. I haven't needed a meme. All I did was, and you were there when I yeah. saw the the yeah. mugshot for the first time. I burst out laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. It's hilarious. That glare to the camera. He looks like he's posing as a supervillain in a comic book panel. It's hilarious. It's objectively hilarious. And that, what is that? You know what I'm going to do while we're talking? I am going to go to uh, Benjamin Moore, the uh, paint company. Right. And I am going to look for what paint color looks most like his face. Yeah, that's that's the effect that very very pale people or darker skinned people get with a lot of makeup it either goes orange or it goes gray i actually yeah, but you to... don't do it again <laughs> that's the thing well sometimes it's hard to find something that doesn't go ashy on you it you, you know it it just it, you're stuck i'm having real problems finding uh foundation that suits my skin tone and all this era of Oh, diverse cosmetics. They still don't make makeup for pale people. They don't make makeup for gingers. There just aren't enough of us to be a viable uh, product demographic. So um, I'm just looking at the Benjamin Orr paint colors. Um, He is um, possibly salmon run or peach cobbler. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, Jupiter glow, possibly. Uh, he's a little darker than Sausalito Sunset. Um, not quite as dark as Jeweled Peach. Um, okay. Fresno is kind of where he's at. 
Um, okay. Though if I'm looking at it, he's kind of, he's between Salmon Run and Peach Cobbler as far as his skin color, according to the paint color chart at Benjamin Moore Paints. That sounds about right. And I mean, I, I really toyed over doing a Trump meme joke because the first thing I thought what when I saw it, it's like, he looks exactly like Hugh Grant is the Oompa Loompa in Wonka. And it's the eyebrows. The Hugh Grant Oompa Loompa has white eyebrows. And he uh. looks exactly like him. And I, I paused for a bit. It's like, is this making fun of his appearance? Because I don't do that. But I determined because, you know, that is not a skin tone found in nature. It's not like me where my mother made me eat carrots for lunch every day and I turned orange when I was in like the fourth grade. Um, but the- Wait, that happened or that didn't that, happen? No, that actually happened. What? Yeah. That's like what happened to Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, well, because I'm so pale, anything, you know, beta carotene. You have to eat a lot of carrots to do it. But it was a lot of carrots. And uh, yeah. I've never heard that story before. That's yeah, that was really embarrassing because one day a kid mentioned that um, my palms were orange. And of course, my parents didn't believe me. So I was just like throwing Wait, out the carrots. They didn't believe you. The evidence was right there. Yeah, but that happens. That That was a thing back then you know that's why i'm so um I, i'm so big on no 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 listen to trans kids because parents ignore serious things with kids because it's just oh you're just complaining and you know it 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 takes a long time to get over not being listened to when you're a kid and a teen no, I imagine. But, yeah, I imagine. Know, I mean, parents. It and this is where we get into the whole. Well, they did their best thing. Like, yes, they did. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying every parent who makes a mistake is a terrible person. It's just we need to be able to talk about this stuff so people can learn from the mistakes of past generations, not just go. Well, they did their best, and that's it. You know, there's a song from the Quincy Jones. Uh, so a line from the Quincy Jones uh, song. Uh, just once. Yeah, I did my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. Right. Um, yeah. So first thing I thought of when I saw that uh, Trump mugshot, what yeah. I wanted to put across the bottom in all caps was, I know you have diabetes. Yeah, that's up there, isn't it? Yeah, just that stare. I know you have diabetes. Um, for those who don't know what that is, look up diabetes on uh, on YouTube and find uh, the classics by Wilford Brimley, may may his uh, may heaven be upon his spirit or whatever the hell. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you know Mia, aka Maya, has a new song out? Maya, that that that's a long talk about going back. Well, she's got an accent on her name now, so it would be Mia. But so, so yeah. I was want to think she's different now. Uh, it's definitely her. And what's the song? Is it good? It's called Wine. Features Bounty Killer. Bounty killer? Yeah. Is this somebody who goes around uh, cutting up paper towels? <laughs> no. No? No. What about it's... those chocolate bars with the coconut in them? No. Oh, yeah, you and your chocolate bars. Reference for everything. Yeah, well, you, you know, that's a terrible show. I don't know anybody who's ever bought a bounty. Okay, apparently bounty is a thing in the UK. 
All right, but, they, they, their taste buds are no, a whole no, no, other no. story. No, no, they probably no, boil it before no, they no, eat no. it. No, 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 it's a it's a constipation cure. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Do apparently, they eat it, it or has, put it up their anus. No, they they eat it. Apparently, it has a laxative effect. See, I like coconut cream pie and stuff. Like coconut milk. I don't like coconut because it just tastes like little flecks of plastic. Well, I don't know what they do to it, but it takes all the coconut taste out of the coconut. I mean, you yeah, know, I make tembleque. So I oh, like I my coconut. That That's so good. Yeah, um, but that has that has coconut in. I add a little bit of you know the the coconut to the top of it to bring out the coconut taste because normally you don't do that. But I like it. It's you good. Know, you normally add cinnamon. And I do that, but I add a little t- uh, toasted coconut as well. But yeah, it. I don't know what they do. I mean, a lot of the U.S. food supply. I have no idea what they do to that food to make it not taste like food. I. I... It feels to me like everything in the U.S. There's this, there's these massive complexes with vats where they just have like generic food, like uh, soma or something, and then they ship it out to places who then turn it into various shapes and flavors. But the base of it all is this, <clears throat> this giant amorphous, soylent green kind of item. Yeah, but okay, you take a giant <clears throat> vat of tomatoes, it still smells and tastes like tomatoes oh no they, this vat isn't of one thing it's a vat of many things thrown together none of them any good for you yeah i i just have no idea i, f- I feel bad because you know if you grow up with that food supply you don't know the difference i and know that get... every time uh we'd go to the states on shooting trips mm-hmm. uh to shoot not to shoot people we were you know in the states we were going to shoot segments um mm-hmm. you and i both would have trouble adjusting to the U.S. food supply to the, and we weren't eating in the in horrible place. We would eat at places that were even vegan, trying to get the stomachs right. And it was all something was just off about ev- the base I, of every uh, American food we ate. That was before I found out that the vegan foods in the U.S. are pretty sus for a lot of reasons because it's not they're they're trying to do meat substitutes instead of you know, combining plant proteins to get a complete amino acid chain. It being vegans hard. It's a lot of work. And that, you know, that's why I talk about my, when I talk about my diet, it's like, I totally understand that I don't expect anybody else to do this. And it, it is a privilege to be able to turn down any food, but man, my stomach. Can I I do a uh, name drop quickly before we go to the break? Yeah. Okay. First time I heard ever heard the term vegan was from Casey Kasem, the legendary radio guy, when I was at his house sitting out front uh, on the, uh, the the fountain he had of a little fisherman boy. And he said that he was vegan. And I said, what planet are you from? I, I thought that it was like Vulcan. I never heard well, it before. He even distinguished between uh, ethical vegans and nutritional vegans, right? I don't know. All I know is I got to drop I in I, that I was at Casey Kasem's house. I think I remember... Um... I think I remember him talking about that in that interview. Also in the interview, well, I probably tuned out. Um, mm. Also in that interview, a high point of my career, <clears throat> sitting by his pool. Everyone knows he did sh- the voice of Shaggy on Scooby-Doo. Yes. So we did a little scene of him as Shaggy and me mm. as Scooby. And that that was like Nirvana. Not the band, See, the experience. That, I miss those days when shows were about just sort of authentic moments with celebrities now i don't know if you've ever seen some of those shows where they do like 
authentic activities and they all seem so staged like oh we're just gonna do a little impromptu song number and they have choreography mm. and yeah, backup clearly, dancers show up they've clear but they've clearly done camera tests on on the thing which means they rehearsed it and it's just like <sighs> nothing's know, real anymore no, like, no, it's all like, lies. no one no wonder nobody trusts anyone anymore lies it's all lies it, but what does that do to people? When everything I think we're seeing what it does to people. Yeah, but it's just when everything is fake. How do you, you when when you trust no one and nothing? The only people who get through that are people who are you know sociopathic enough to just keep coming back for more after you push them away. All right. And I you had more going. No, it's okay. Oh, that, we that, might be, break. that might be something for a getting through the night segment on your music show. Oh, write that down. Um, okay. Okay. We're going to uh, go to a break. And when we come back, there's other stuffs to talk about. Oh, I wanted to talk briefly about Snow White. We'll be back. Now, Jenna, Disney is going to be releasing a live action version of Snow White. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I understand those who say, it is within the description of the character in the book, in every version, and in her name, that she got the name Snow White because her skin was white as snow. I understand. Not just. What's that? Not just. Not just. Not just? Not only that. All of those fairy tales were sort of metaphors because it was also her, you know, virtue. All right. That, that too. But mm -hmm. when they cast uh, Rachel Zegler... Um, Zegler, yeah. As Snow White, who has a Latino heritage, I understood that. Okay, this is she's not Snow White. Like I understand that's a literal thing. Whereas I don't care about like most other characters where they swap the gender, they swap the the race. There's mm -hmm. nothing inherently white about the character. There's nothing inherent that says the character must be white. So I'm like, who cares? Uh, but I understood, all right, Snow White, Snow White, whatever, though. But the son, I think, of the person who was who worked on the 1937 Disney cartoon of Snow White mm -hmm. says that the uh, the current makers of Disney are showing absolutely no respect for the original by making changes because the dwarfs, it's now called Snow White, not Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Right, because they're of, not dwarfs. Instead of dwarfs, they're like magical beings. And, uh, you know... The guys, I'm like, you know what? 1937 uh, original is close enough to a hundred years old. <laughs> um, that and that that story has been changed from the original. Oh yeah, the original Grim fairy tales were there were vitally, bleak. Yeah. Um, I think in the the end of the original Snow White, they Snow White and the Prince made the witch dance in superheated metal shoes until she died. It's it's grisly. Yeah, uh, so... in, in university, I took a fantasy course where we read the, not necessarily originals, but the oldest version they can find of some of these stories. And it's just like, it's, you know, premium cable worthy stuff. Yeah, I read the originals, they, they not were what all... you remember. They were all cautionary tales, right? Stay in the town where it's safe. Yeah, they were horror stories. Yeah, they were horror stories. Um, so, but I'm thinking, and he got a lot of 
a lot of headlines, which is, I guess, what he was looking for. But I'm like, 1937, really? Yeah. We are closer to 2037 than we are to 1937. And you're complaining because some 80-something years later, they've decided to do the story, again, which was not created in 1937. They've decided to do a story that suits modern sensibilities and mod- things we have learned and how society has grown up and become more enlightened. You're complaining that they're not doing exactly the same thing as they did back then? I'm, I'm of two minds of on, on this particular one, but I understand Disney couldn't win, you know, because there's the dwarves in those stories are not uh, uh, a writer I work with who's an expert on Norse myth points this out that dwarves uh, are little like creatures magical creatures dwarfs are the actual humans and they're not the same thing wait 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 what's the differentiation there well dwarves in in a lot of these myths came from the Norse because you know that the the creatures that were created by depending on who you ask Odin and two other people uh the dwarves were like the light elves and the dark elves and they made all the cool weapons like Mjolnir and things like that uh that's not the same as human beings who are short of stature because of dwarfism because of pituitary dwarfism or other conditions so wait am i hearing that dwarves is ends with ves and the other is dwarfs fs that that is how a lot of europeans denote the difference See, uh jr tolkien went on at length in the afterward of the second edition of lord of the rings of these distinctions with elves and dwarves and stuff like that See. I'm not a I'm not a what they call a little person now. Um so I'm I can't judge, but I didn't I thought that the depiction of the seven dwarfs characters in the, the cartoon were heroic. Like I didn't think that they were particular that they were, you know, bad uh representations of uh, little people. These were these were were brave, caring, decent people. But okay, they don't like they don't the I little mean, people okay. don't want them to be little people anymore. This All right, is, I'm not one of them. This is why I'm of two minds, right? Because I totally understand there's a lot of little people who are actors. Because let's face it, there's not many other jobs people will hire them for. Notice I said that people will hire them for, not not jobs they can do. Uh yes. I, I you know, one of my friends who was a little person has since passed away, but I to have friends, you know, acquaintances, colleagues that are little people. And they, I, I relate to this because when, you know, people talk about race swapping and they always replace the redhead. And I'm like, that's fine. Cause they never casted actual ginger. So what do I care? It's, it's not the one job that people who look like me would actually be most qualified for. We're disqualified for cause people think we're ugly. Because of various elements about, I mean, South Park told the truth when Cartman was like, yeah, evil, freak us out, you know? Uh, And so I understand what dwarf actors are saying that, man, these were parts we were actually the, the perfect people for. And you cut them because of some people who are offended 
by singing and dancing little people. And this is a cycle that just keeps happening. I don't know if you you um, are familiar with the whole history of Sideshow, Ed. Yeah, somewhat. I, I learned it and, mostly through you. Yeah, and the fact that people's outrage over seeing performers that had similar uh, medical conditions or disabilities to them actually put a whole bunch of working disabled people out of work for the sensibilities of other people. And so they got, you know, pushed onto disability and stuff like that. But no, they they wanted to earn money. They didn't have, I think back then, I'm not sure they had disability. I think these people were just poor. I mean, you're poor when you're on disability, but I don't know well, if they no, had a social there, safety net. There was a girl, the story, I don't know if it's true because it is the carny, uh, but the story is that a girl came through an exhibit who had a similar disability to one of the performers and she got really offended and that's what led to the shutting down of um you know the the sideshows involving human performers we still have the midways with the rides but the you know the bearded lady and all that stuff they don't they don't do it anymore and there was more to it than just the way those performers looked you had to sell the act right but that's getting ahead of things. The, the people who want to work are getting denied work because other people get offended. And I always thought it was interesting that on Game of Thrones, you remember Game of Thrones? The You're saying scene, it like it was like a, a million years ago. Well, but the scene where at, at um, Joffrey and, and was it his birthday? I think it was his birthday. Yeah, the 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 poisoning scene. Yeah. But he got a bunch of other dwarves to make fun of Tyrion, his uncle. And so that was his uncle exactly, was a dwarf, yeah. Yeah, but that was the exact depiction of uh little people that people have complained about. And there were like six or seven of them playing uh playing characters that were full size but they brought them out to mock Tyrion because he was a dwarf and it's like that's you know that that was that must have been a very difficult scene for Peter Dinklage to shoot and it, I just thought it was funny that there wasn't any discussion about you know if you think of the equivalent, that would be the equivalent of having blackface in a work of entertainment to mock a black character on the show. And would it, that... or would it be like having uh, black actors come out and act like step and fetch it uh, and, and act, you know, like black. Yeah. Okay, black sir, stereotypes. You're, you're right. The sort of the sort of uh, Uncle Tom. Stereotype yeah. is a better example, but people would go bonkers about that, even if it was to make a point. And I find it really interesting who is allowed to do that and who isn't, because it tells you who the world sees as whole people and capable of consenting to uncomfortable art and who has to be protected because society thinks they can't make their own choices. Or... Because society has determined, you know what? This makes us a little uncomfortable knowing that these people exist. 
So we'd rather not know they exist, which is how they are, which is how uh, uh, crystal fascists in the U.S. are treating uh, gay people and trans people, especially gay people who are like, we can't stop that you exist, but we can stop you reminding us that you exist. That that's disturbing, but Am I, I wrong? think, well, that's a very complicated one because let's face it, the the Republican Party it and well the conservatives up here got a lot of money from white gay men. And they're messing with that. But you talk to some of these guys who are still they still self-identify as Republicans. They're they're like, well, they can't do it. They're not gonna come for me. They, they they'll never get a pass. This is just theater. They're just trying to get other things through. It's like that can turn quick, man. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to reference the uh, historical precedent for that because it upsets too many people, but it's there. There, In fact, though, there are more, there's more than one historical uh, reference for that. Oh, um, yeah. There's a lot of populations that ended up being wiped out because they didn't leave when they could because they thought, no, we're citizens here. We have rights. Yeah, they'll never turn on us. Yeah. They, right. They'll talk, but they'll never do anything about it. Yeah. And it always starts as talk. And, you know, you're unpopular for, I th I think, of some of the things where I was not popular back in the day in production meetings. But I'm glad I did it now because, you know, history kind of proved me right. Mm. But that's what kind of that's what annoys me about some of these discussions now. People are never rewarded for being right when it's hard. The people who get rewarded are the ones that, well, I mean, like Joe Biden on on uh, same-sex marriage, right? He wasn't, he was, in fact, the first person in the Obama administration to say, I support same-sex marriage. But it had already reached a, a you know, popular uh, approval. They were just weather ballooning it because they wanted to keep Obama's hands clean if it backfired. And that was Biden being a very effective vice president that way. But the people who the people who champion that attitude when it was hard, especially I mean, the people in Canada who went MP by MP to get marriage equality passed in the in the what was it? Early 2000s, I think it started in the 90s, but I think it passed around there. But you don't know their names. And the people whose names you do know are dismissed as, oh, they were too radical. And radical, a lot of people get lumped in in that. And committing violence and being really loud and saying things that people aren't ready to hear, those are not the same thing. And yet they all get lumped in the same boat. And I'd really like people to start thinking more about the words they use and their reactions to things because just because something challenges you does not mean it's an attack and i really think everybody needs to get back to that i 100% agree and I, we're going to leave it there we're going to come back for two 5 minute segments and uh, uh we'll be back uh after this all right we've got two five-minute segments, so we can't dig into anything too deep in five minutes. So should I talk about my chocolate bars? We aren't talking about chocolate bars. 
I didn't talk about my Big Turk. Oh, God. Okay. So The very thought of Big Turk makes me a little nauseous. Okay, and no, well, no, slight, should... no slight on the people who like Big Turk. I have very weird food tastes. So let's let's preface this by I like weird stuff. All right. Um, I like weird stuff and I cannot lie. I I mean, I like whenever there's a, like a, a new gum flavor or something out there that yeah. sounds wacky. I yeah. try oh, it because I, 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 I can't. I'm like, what does that taste like? That did not extend to Big Turk, which usually I see in convenience stores uh, on display underneath an inch layer of dust. So right. I'm convinced I was convinced nobody eats Big Turk that for some reason convenience stores are contractually obligated to carry them, mm-hmm. um, but they they don't sell. I, and I'm starting to suspect also uh, Three Musketeers. But anyway, no, um, I know I know people who had Three Musketeers back in the day. Yeah, but do they now? Uh, so I did a I, I went on my radio show on ninety four nine The Rock The Rock FM, which I do. Uh, midnight to 5 a.m. Eastern time, Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said that I don't think anyone eats Big Turk. And a couple of people called and said, I actually like Big Turk. And we had uh, discussions. And one of the callers said, I'm curious. So she took her phone and her dog and walked down to a 24-hour store, got a Big Turk, and ate it live on the phone right. and gave her reaction. And I thought, and she did not like it. And I thought, if they can do that, I will put my money where my mouth is. I will actually try a Big Turk live on the air, which I did, and it was horrible. Horrible. See, see, Big Turk is connected to one of the greatest disappointments in my young life. Oh? The fact that Turkish delight is disgusting. This is basically a North Americanized Turkish delight. Oh, yeah, it's budget Turkish delight. Like, it's Turkish delight with no flavor. Now, well, I've since had, diff- there are different flavors of Turkish Delight, right? Right. They're, they're not all created equal. The Rosewater ones, not so bad. Uh, the orange ones are actually pretty good. But Big Turk is, I, I'm, I'm not sure what that's, it's the standard, well, it, no, it is the standard Rosewater Turkish Delight, isn't it? I've just had fresher versions, but. Turkish Delight is featured in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. It's, but, re- but real Turkish Delight, yeah. not the chocolate bar. Well, it's it's the same thing. It's it's uh, candied rose water, essentially, uh, with covered in chocolate. Right? All right. Yeah. So I, I thought lie in the witch in the wardrobe made turkish delight sound like the greatest thing ever right because that's what the 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 white witch uses to tempt um forget his name edmund edward you know the wicked child of the four right um very very biblical uh but the book made it sound like this was the greatest suite in the entire world the fact that he would sell out his brother and sisters for turkish delight and so finally I got to try it. It was so gross. What it's like, Turk, Big Turk, it's like, you know, jujubes, which you think are a good idea no. until you eat one? No, 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 no. Jujubes have taste. What's okay, so I, weird about this Big the Turk chocolate, did. the chocolate in Big Turk cancels out the, the flavor of the gummy. Well, the thing about it is, you know how jujubes, they get stuck in your teeth immediately? Yes. That is what, so it's chocolate covered, Stuff that gets stuck in your teeth immediately. So it's like, ugh. anyway, that's my report. 
on Big Turk. We have to go to a break. Okay. All right, Leanna. Uh, time for us to uh, to say goodbye. Apparently, Big Turk is a Canadian thing. Really? Yeah. It's not in the U.S. or England. Uh, Fry's Turkish Delight is the English thing. Um, it's still imported. You can get that in Canada. But Big Turk is a Nestle product manufactured in Canada. Well, sometimes they manufacture it in various countries for the various countries. Yeah, I don't know if it makes it down to the U.S., but apparently these are the kind of things I, I find interesting. You know. what, where the where the kid by the way you know what comes from britain Lowney's cherry blossom that's up there that's see that's the same kind of palette it's disgusting it's every version of turkish delight is better than big turk but we have to go i i'm grossed out now so i am going to babble about this for a while because my stomach is actually what are you upset. gonna what are you gonna eat as a palate cleanser i i don't know i i yeah, just uh, th those those things that make your jaw ache, those kind of flavors, they they make me really, really nauseous. I think the only people that eat those Lowney's cherry blossoms are old people of uh, British descent. Well, that's like the the cherry chocolates in those boxes of chocolates. Ugh, ugh. That's why they have to put that little legend in the box to tell you what each one is, so you don't Some... accidentally eat one of those okay. chocolates and the cherry I... comes out. Okay, I don't, I don't want to trash anybody's favorite candy because some of these things, you know, it was the one sweet people would get as a child during like war rationing. So I, I don't want to hate on anybody's candy. It's just I, I can't. It's not my thing. More well, for you. The one thing perhaps we can both agree on, licorice all sorts should not qualify as a candy. <laughs> I don't right. know. We're going to have to continue that one. All right, we'll continue it. All right, Leanna, speaking of continuations, Leanna can be heard on her podcast, It's Not Therapy, on all podcast platforms in the SiriusXM app. It, uh, it provides really good, down-to-earth uh, information and suggestions and some perhaps guidance for people to get a hold of the things that are driving them crazy day to day, be it personal problems, interpersonal problems, family problems, uh, uh, mental health issues, yeah, emotional issues. Different mental health issues that are part of some people's day to day. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Liana and expert guests uh talk about things in a way that's really engaging i've listened to some of these other podcasts about this stuff, and they're crap um this one is like i actually enjoy listening all the way through each it's not therapy and i learned something from each one these other ones that are supposed to be similar i can't get past 15 minutes um no so uh, it's it's a very good show so listen to that and you can find me uh 94.9 the rock in the GTA, therock.fm worldwide, Monday to Friday, midnight to 5 a.m. Eastern time. You can also, if you go to their website and you you go to the on-demand section, go to therock.fm, you will find uh, the first two all-star all-night shows, which is the weekend best of, where I compile some of the best content from the previous week. So you'll get there each about a half hour. It will take up a whole lot of time. Um, and that's it. So uh, thank everybody for listening. And uh, this is the time when Liana 
uh, closes the show in that signature way that she has created that has become a signature of the show. Liana? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 